As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. In the first of three consecutive national TV appearances, our beloved men up with the Lions on Thanksgiving Day in Detroit, looking to extend their two-game winning streak and start to gain some ground in the division. Could the Bears keep the streak alive, or did they come crashing back down to reality? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 13 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Well, folks, that giant thud that you heard the other day was the Bears, uh, the Bears ship sinking to the bottom of Lake Michigan uh, as they dropped uh, they dropped another one to the Detroit Lions, thirty-four to seventeen on Thanksgiving Day. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. Back the Week Thirteen Review episode of the Chicago Bears of You. Hope everyone enjoyed the holiday, despite what took place uh, thankfully the bears and the lions were the first game of the day so you were able to uh you know for those of you who eat dinner earlier were able to miss part of that or you know maybe you missed the part that you wanted to miss like uh you know from about the middle of the second quarter on uh you want to miss that uh miss the rest of the football game there because you you know you were eating early around 12 one o'clock uh for those of people like myself uh, dinner was at four o'clock on Thursday, so I got to enjoy the entire sixty minutes of uh, that debacle, and um, you know, got to be teased in the first quarter by a football team that actually showed up prepared to play for once, and then reverted back to its old ways uh, after giving the Chicago fan base hope going into uh, the second quarter. Such such a disappointing game. Uh, for for the Bears, for Bear fans, uh, it was it was truly disappointing because they they they're starting to to win us back. Now, granted, I don't think anybody was delusional about the fact that those two victories came against teams like Tampa Bay and Minnesota. However, the defense finally looked like a defense for a change. Uh, first time we'd seen them make an appearance since the. Uh, since the Atlanta game for Pete's sake and and uh you know the offense as inconsistent as it was still good enough to put points on the board to get us those victories uh against those teams so you know what we and, and the thing is the, the the what what gives Chicago Bear fans hope or what did until Thursday anyway was the fact that we know what the offense is capable of when they get into a rhythm you know, we know what they can do because we have Marshall, we have Jeffrey, we have Bennett, we have Forte. Uh, and despite having to reshuffle a bit, they've given up a couple more sacks than they did last year. But the offensive line, for the most part, is very is still solid. You know, they're not, uh, you know, what the what I would consider to be an elite group like they were last year, you know, where they only gave up so many, you know, fourth best in, in giving up sacks, 1,200 yard, 1,300 yard rusher and Matt Forte. You know, and combined, I think McCown and uh, Cutler threw for close to 4,000 yards if they didn't. 
uh, last year. So, I mean, it was the, the offensive line, a big reason why we had the success that we did. So we, we know what we're capable of when this team can get into a rhythm. It's just that they haven't hit one yet. They haven't had a rhythm yet, and that is what, um, you know, what, what made people pessimistic going into this game against Detroit and others who chose to be optimistic going into it, knowing what they could be capable of, and then, <laughs> and then getting a taste of it in the first quarter uh, against the Lions, only to have them flat out disappear on us uh, in the, uh, in the uh, second, third, and fourth quarters, uh, you know, basically just reverting back to their, to their old selves. Um, a monumentally disappointing uh, day because, like I said, uh, you know, that thud that you heard is, is the ship sinking to the bottom of Lake Michigan. You know, that other ruckus that you hear is people jumping off the playoff bandwagon, you know, and that's no more hope on the Bears pulling this thing off. Even with a four-game win streak, I, I just don't see it happening. Nine and seven is not going to happen. We have to we have to beat Dallas next Thursday. I don't think we'll do that, to be honest with you. It's is it possible? Absolutely. It's the NFL. Anything is possible. I, I definitely think we can beat the Saints on Monday night football. Great. I don't think that we'll beat Detroit when they come to Chicago. Maybe we finish off uh, Minnesota in Minnesota uh last game of the season. But uh, you know, that's got us going two and two you know by my count so that's seven and nine that's a losing season and uh, i think that that would be a uh an optimistic estimate uh at this point with the way that this team chooses to play at times uh it's just uh it's disappointing so anyway what do you say we go ahead and move on and and uh, just rip the band-aid off and get back to it and with the review of the bears and the lions from thanksgiving day you know the, the more i think about how thursday went down the, the angrier i get um just because they've done this to us 12 times now we've played 12 games we're five and seven and, and in in every single one of those games except maybe the green bay and new england games there's been some error of hope something that they've done to show flashes uh, of this team that we we all fell in love with this team last year Regardless of the fact that defense was horrendous, the fact that our offense could keep us in in the game nine times out of ten made for a very exciting season. The Bears weren't out of a game, you know, for the majority of this of the year. Aside from that Eagles game uh, on Sunday Night Football uh, at the end of the year last year, the Bears were in every game right up until the very end. You know, there was no reason to turn the to channel to walk away uh, or anything like that. This year, on the other hand. They're either there or they aren't, and when they're there, they're just kind of going through the motions. Or, or you know, I don't know if it's arrogance or stupidity or whatever it is. Like this team, I don't know where it comes from. If it is arrogance that they just show up and expect to be able to to do what they did in 2013, especially on the offensive side uh, of the ball, I just I don't understand what's going on with this team. And uh, the most troubling part is that every single week. We get to listen to a press conference with our head coach, Mark Tressman, that is up there saying things like, this is all on me. Uh, we all have to go back to the drawing board and look within ourselves and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, to, to me, it kind of translates like, uh, 
we have no idea why the hell this is happening. Uh, we have no idea how to fix it. But, uh, you know, we're going to say all these pretty things to the press to make it sure, to make it look like, you know, we might have a handle on things and it's just a matter of time before we fix it. Um, you know, I really think that this... Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Staff has no idea how to fix what's going on, uh, or they don't know how to regain the locker room now that they've lost it because this team does not play like a team that's behind its head coach okay if they did they would be they would play better there would be more consistency if if we weren't talented enough then we're still getting beat but at, at least we're we look like a football team showing some kind of some energy some sense of urgency some uh you know misplaced confidence something you know but that's not what we're getting from this team at all. Um, and the thing was, what makes me angry about it, as I mentioned before, is that they come out in the first quarter and they gave us exactly, gave me exactly what I asked for in the preview episode, which was to come out with some intensity, some emotion, some fire, because the Lions are not short on that kind of thing. I mean, especially when they were under Schwartz last year. These guys led the league in penalties because they're of their emotions, overdoing things and all that kind of stuff. This year, they're a bit more disciplined on the Caldwell, but still not lacking in the area of motivation or emotion, you know, getting jacked up, especially when they're at home in the Dome. They were 4-1 and one in the Dome coming into this game, and, you know, they, they had uh, all the reason in the world to, to come at, after – you know, the Bears run a two-game winning streak against two of the worst teams in the league. The Lions run a two-game losing streak against two of the best uh, in, the, in, the NF, in the NFL right now. I mean, one could argue with the way that those two teams are playing, Arizona and New England could be in the Super Bowl this year. Um, I don't know how possible that is with Arizona's quarterback situation, but the, the way that they're playing defense, anything is possible uh, up there in, in, in Arizona. So, I mean, not to mention the fact that they have the head coach that I wanted, and God only knows what this football team would look like if they had given the job to him and just let him let him do what he wants. I, I just like I couldn't be more angry <laughs> now. <laughs> Hindsight being twenty twenty, in the beginning, I mean, I said from the start, okay, Arians is who I wanted. Phil Emery wants Mark Trestman. I trust Mark. I trust Phil Emery, and yeah, that's. Not so much the case these days. But um, anyway, as you'll hear in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, I was very excited about what I saw in the first quarter, and you'll even hear me ask the question, where have these guys been? 
knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Lions on Thanksgiving Day after the first quarter. And I don't know who the hell these guys are. They're getting after Matt Stafford. They're knocking him around. The Bears came out on their opening drive against the number three defense in the NFL and drove the field and scored a touchdown to take a lead 7-0. The Lions add a field goal. Then the Bears come back and force, you know, sack Matt Stafford, force the fumble from a short field from about 10 yards out. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey touchdown catch. The Bears are up 14-3 to after one quarter. What I said in the preview episode, I wanted to see some emotion, some intensity from the Bears. We're seeing it, or at the very least, at the very least, the Bears are ready to play today. They have come ready to play, and they're taking it to the Lions right now. Now, the Lions have the football here to start the second quarter. They're, they're moving it down the field a bit, so they may narrow down the lead with the way that they're moving it, but the Bears have the lead, 14-3, to and so far, they look really good. <laughs> oh, it's so disappointing. Um, you know, and I and I've like I said, I, you know, I'm I'm I love this team. You guys know that. Why would I waste time on this show if I didn't? Um, and and it just it felt so good. I was so happy on this platform with the whole world watching against this team, this Lions team that I detest more than any other that we play. To come out like that, fourteen to three. Uh, you know, to kind of really kind of lean on Detroit the way that we did move against this number three defense in the league and made it look easy on that first drive. Then we come back, you know, strip sack fumble uh, by Jared Allen uh, getting after Matt Stafford, took the short field, Alshon Jeffrey, two touchdowns in the first quarter. I mean, it, it, it didn't get much better than that. You know, it really didn't. And like I said, the, the Bears were showing some emotion. They were getting after Stafford. They're knocking him around. The commentator's talking about how aggressive the Bears look on, on defense. And then right there towards the end of the first quarter, when the Lions had the football, they start marching it down the field. They did end up scoring uh, in the, in, on that ensuing drive there after the, at the end of the first quarter and into the second. And... Pretty much this is where the game ended because the Bears never recovered from what happened in the second quarter. And you'll hear me talk about it in the knee-jerk reaction. You know, the, the Lions were beating us, no doubt. And this, and you'll hear me, even hear me say it in the fourth quarter, knee-jerk reaction. This is much different than last year where, yes, the Lions won, but they didn't beat us in either game. This time the Lions flat out beat us this time around, just like the Packers whooped us. Uh, this year at the in the, the, that game in Lambeau, you, you can't lean on these funny things that happen that don't go the Bears' way or anything. They're just flat out not playing good football. Uh, and in the second quarter, we were shooting ourselves in the foot when it came to impeding our own progress. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Lions on Thanksgiving Day after the second quarter. And after the Bears raced out in front of the Lions uh, in the first quarter, 14-3 lead after one, the second quarter was a total role reversal as the Lions found their footing, found their rhythm on the offensive side of the ball and raced out ahead, you know, caught the Bears and passed them. Um, and basically what it is is that the pass rush for the Bears has been very good today. Every pass that, that Stafford throws, almost every pass, is under some kind of duress or he's had to, to move or find a new space in the pocket to get the ball out or he's been getting it out faster. The problem is... 
our, our coverage just has been terrible. Stafford has 269 yards in the first half, and now uh, he has two touchdown passes to Calvin Johnson and a, a touchdown for, for Joke Bell or Joke Bell or however the hell that guy uh, says his name. And it went from a 14-3 ball game uh, and, and a promising start for the Bears to all of a sudden a 24-14 deficit with the Lions out in front. Now, the Bears do start with the ball to kick off the second half, but the offense has been very unimpressive. It just seems like uh, the Lions just needed a quarter to get their bearings, and you know they're, they're shutting the Bears down uh, on offense. The Bears can't run the ball at all, not that we thought we would against the number one rush defense in the NFL, but now the passing that worked in the first quarter isn't quite working so much in the second quarter, and Actually, you know, Roberto Garza owes us at least a field goal because there was a drive that the Bears were on. It was second and nine. Cutler rolls to his right and throws a back across the field to his left to a wide open Martellus Bennett who takes it for a 23-yard gain to get it into the red zone only to get called back by a holding penalty on Garza. And it took us out of field goal position. We ended up nothing on the drive. We would have at least had a field goal if there was no holding penalty uh, on that play, so it would be 24-17 to 17, uh, at the very least at this point, but um, you know, we looked good in the first quarter, not so, not we, we didn't look pathetic, we didn't look bad in the second quarter, Detroit was just better, so still a bit of, a, uh, of an optimistic error to me as we head into the second half, we start with the football, that first drive in the third quarter will tell us everything as to whether or not the Bears are going to be able to hang with the Lions in this game. And despite the Bears coming out in the third quarter, there was a 13-play, 63-yard drive that took over six minutes off the clock. In the end, it was a field goal. So it's 24 to 17. That that that's the score that should have been at the very least at halftime, if not for Roberto Garza's ill-timed holding penalty. I mean, you know, not that there's ever a good time to have a penalty, but the Bears always manage to get these penalties in the worst possible moment. I mean, just like you you have this great play, this thing, it could be a momentum shifter or anything like that. Nah, Roberto Garza is gonna hold in Dominican Sue. Or, you know, while they were double teaming him, of all things, uh, that's when he holds in Dominican Sue uh, and, and, and it kills a 23-yard gain. Instead of gaining 23, we lose 10 on the play. So it cost us 33 yards on that particular play. Of course, the drive shut down after that play and the Bears have to punt the ball away, uh, you know, to, uh, to, uh, to Detroit. So, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot. Uh, whenever we had the chance after that very good looking first quarter I said there was an air of optimism going into that third quarter and you know like at the beginning of that drive it it appeared to be um, you know it it was not ill-advised like I said 13 plays 68 yards um, you know over six minutes we're controlling the clock giving our defense a breather making sure that they're fresh when they're out there on the field because they played pretty much the entire second quarter uh, on the field, that's for sure. Three touchdown drives uh, for the Lions because our secondary was abysmal, abysmal on uh, on Thursday. You know, it, it's uh, you know Kyle Fuller was left with the duties of of covering Calvin Johnson. Only so much you can expect a rookie to do one on one 
Uh, you know, all I know is that Calvin Johnson's probably celebrating the fact that Peanut's not playing right now. Because if there is anybody on in well in the NFL for that matter who had Charles uh, Calvin Johnson's number, it was Peanut Tillman. Week in and week out, he really was not much of a factor in those Lions games when Peanut was covering him. But you know, with the secondary not being good, you know, we we come out in that third quarter and. It was the only score in the quarter, but for it to start out the way that it did, the air of optimism still there. Okay, we're moving. Okay, we've made some adjustments because we're moving the ball a lot better, which did not happen in the second quarter. Uh, we're still not running the ball. We had eight rushing attempts in this game. Now, granted, we're playing the number one rush defense in the NFL, but that means you don't try to run the ball at all. I mean, it, it was there. I mean, I'm not saying that, that we should have been able to easily run the football, but with the way that we came out throwing on every down, that first drive of the football game, every single play, all six of them, pass plays, pass, 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 pass. So you, you had to think the Lions were going to ease up. They weren't going to load the box for Forte because we're throwing the football. We're throwing, we're throwing, we're throwing. You think the opportunities to run the ball would have come, especially later on in the football game, and if they did, we never took them. We flat out did not. Kadeem Carey, two carries for eight yards, was the leading rusher in the football game. Matt Forte carried the ball five times, I think, for six yards in the game. We had 13 yards rushing in the game on Thursday. This is the Chicago freaking Bears we're talking about here. 13 yards rushing. Lowest in Thanksgiving Day history. Just so we can go ahead and keep setting these these records that we'll be embarrassed about until somebody else comes out and have a bad, worse day than we do. So that was the third quarter, and here's the third quarter knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter of the Bears and the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, and it was a better quarter for us. Um, not as productive as you would have liked the Bears uh, did a better job of keeping the defense off the field than they did in the second quarter. Uh, we, we got a field goal on the opening drive. We had like nine straight passes on that opening drive. The Bears have basically given up on trying to run the ball against this defense. We're able to put a field goal up on the board, but, uh, you know, and, you know, was stymied Detroit a bit uh, on offense. Uh, got a three and out on that first drive for Detroit uh, in the third quarter. Uh, didn't do anything with the next one, and then Detroit has proceeded to drive the length of the field here at the end of the third quarter. They just uh, got stopped inside the one-yard line. I'm not sure what down it is now, actually, now that I think about it, but uh, Detroit's inside the one-yard line. It's 24-17, to and uh, the Bears are, are going to need something epic in the fourth quarter to pull this thing off. And the thing about the game in the first three quarters, and I mentioned it in the second quarter, Nijer, had necessarily. They didn't look pathetic like we had in recent weeks against Green Bay, against New England, hell, even against Miami uh, and such. But we were being outclassed. We, they, we were playing against the team that was playing. If they weren't better than us athletically, then they were at least playing better uh, than we were uh, at the moment. And, and then the fourth quarter happened, and Detroit's protecting its lead, started running the football, and the 28th ranked or the 30th ranked rushing attack uh, in the NFL started running downhill on us and, and eating up the uh, eating up the clock. 
Jay started throwing interceptions. We were getting sacked. I mean, it, it's like the wheels just came off after the after Detroit scored that touchdown at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Because, like I said, they finished the third quarter with uh, I think it was a pass reception, uh, got them down basically to the one inch line, uh, and, and they you know took it in uh, from there. The Bears defense fought it a little bit, but they were able to to score that touchdown to go up thirty one to four. Uh, 31 to 17 and added a field goal later on uh, in the game, make it 34 to 17, which is where it finished. But, you know, as you'll hear me talk about in the fourth quarter, knee jerk reaction, Detroit just took over in the fourth quarter, took over the clock, started running the football down on us and, uh, you know, ended the football game and pretty much put a permanent end to the 2014 season right now it's it's going to be about pride in these last four games knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter of the bears and the lions on thanksgiving day and uh uh you know it just uh, in the end it just proved that uh, the lions were just too much uh for the bears that lions offense uh anyway i i, I mentioned in the uh in the preview the other night that the uh the lions offense has to be salivating waiting to get their hands on the 28th uh ranked pass defense uh in the nfl and they took full advantage of it uh, actually, especially in that second quarter, they had you know three straight scoring drives after being a team that couldn't score. Uh, you know, 25 possessions in a row. I heard Jim Nance answer or, or mention uh, during the uh, game: 25 straight possessions, no touchdowns, then three touchdowns in a row uh, against the Bears for that uh, 24 to 17, 24 to 14 lead at halftime. Uh, third quarter. Uh, the Bears did the promising start with the opening drive, putting points on the board again. But but since then, in in the end, into the end of the third quarter and into the fourth, the Lions have controlled the the football game, uh, whether it be with time of possession. Uh, they've they've started running the ball at the end of the fourth quarter there, and uh, you know, like I said, they were just better than us this time. So uh, you know, it's it's I don't want to say it's a relief, but it's it's a, it's better than it was last year when we lost both of those games to the Lions and we beat ourselves rather than the Lions beat us the Bears didn't really make any stupid mistakes or get any bad calls that cost them the game the Lions just beat us today so the Bears fall to five and seven the Lions go to eight and four and we get ready for next Thursday against the Cowboys so we're getting ready for the Cowboys now another the national televised appearance uh, for the Bears the first of three as you heard me mention in the the opening uh, of the show and um you know we will be going it alone or going along without uh one of the best uh that would be lance briggs uh even though he's at times been my least favorite player uh, on the team he's been on the team since 2003 um a rookie third round pick out of uh, arizona um you know and he was a player for us for many many years uh, these last two years without his wingman and Brian Erlacher, he has not been uh, the player that went to seven straight Pro Bowls. Um, he hasn't been the leader that we've needed on the defensive side of the football. So the end of his time in Chicago will not be looked fondly upon. However, the years that he did put in, he helped us get to a Super Bowl. He helped us win some division titles. He helped us have some of the top-ranked defenses in the league year in and year out. And he gave Bear fans a sense of pride because we had guys like him and Erlacher and Peanut and all those guys uh, out there on the defensive side of the field. 
Uh, he was placed on injured reserve yesterday um, with a uh, with the groin injury. He's done for the year and most likely done as a Chicago Bear. Um, I'll tell you the truth, the way that he's played the last two seasons, the fact that he's missed the majority of both of these two years under the uh, Mark Tressman era, number one, I would be floored if he came back to Chicago. Number two, I'd actually be surprised if he signed anywhere. Um, he's going to be 34 or he did turn 34 or is going to turn 34 before the start of next season. Um, he's in his 12th year in the league. His price tag will certainly not attract many buyers. And, you know, he's showing the thing that veterans show when they play 12 years in the league, that their bodies are starting to wear down because they can't finish out an entire season. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if his ending looked similar to Erlacher's. Uh I don't anticipate there being that awkward will they or won't they make an offer with the Bears. I just flat out don't see that happening. Like I said, I would be floored if we made um, a, even a gesture to uh, to Lance Briggs with a, the way that he's handled himself in the media and how he's played rather mediocrely, if that's even a word, uh, in, the, uh, in the last two seasons. Um, you know, we haven't really, I mean, we've missed him, but we haven't missed him. You know, we missed the old Lance Briggs from 2012 and before. The last two seasons, we haven't missed Lance Briggs out there. We haven't missed much of anything uh, from him in the last uh, two seasons. So it's it's an unfortunate end to a brilliant career in Chicago. Um, and, you know, like I said, these last two years, people are, are more so in the mindset that we can't wait for Briggs to go away as opposed to, you know, hoping that he stays or maybe that he'll be healthy. Very much the opposite of how I feel about Charles Tillman. I would really love to see Tillman come back for one more year, try to make one more try at it, see if he can get through the year, uh, you know, help us out uh, and everything. And we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Like, I'll be disappointed if we don't try to sign Charles Tillman for one more season, even if it is, you know, the veteran league minimum Tillman has to know he's not going to get three million dollars this year or next year uh, to play um, it's just not going to happen he's going to have to take if he wants to play because I think at the beginning of the year he was saying he wanted to play maybe two or three more years he's going to have to earn money for 2016 because in 2015 he's basically going to have to play for free and then maybe in 2016 he'll he'll earn you know one last uh one last contract before he rides off into the sunset but if he's back with the bears he'll be back at at the bears price and not his own so but i want tillman to come back next year i i would like i said i would be floored if lance briggs was at all in chicago's plans uh for 2015 so anyway that's uh yeah the the game went the way it went uh as i said uh it's it was sort of relief uh, that it went the way it did because I'm I'm I don't like being that guy that says things like, "Well, they didn't beat us; we beat ourselves." Um, you know, like we had to last year with the Lions. There was no other way to look at those games. The Lions weren't better than us last year. We were better than them. We beat ourselves in those games both times, and. You know, or the way those kooky things always happen in the Green Bay game uh, and whatnot. This year, we walk away from those games like, yep, they were better than us. Yep, they whooped our ass. Yes, we deserve to lose. On to the next one. So, um, you know, there's this game on Thursday against the Cowboys. It's going to be on national TV. 
It's going to be in the elements in Soldier Field. That didn't go so well for the Cowboys last year, but they are twice the team that they were a year ago, and we are half the team <laughs> that we were a year ago at this time. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Will it be one of those nightmares? It's like, oh, great, this is on national TV. I'm so glad that this is happening, just like we were during that Green Bay game or watching them put up 42 at halftime. It's like, yep, this is on national TV. The whole world is watching this happen right now. Uh, but no, no. When that, uh, you know, what? a funny thing about that Green Bay game, I, I, I uh, subscribe to Entertainment Weekly and they show the TV ratings. The number one rated show that week was Green Bay and Chicago on Sunday Night Football. It's like, awesome. The biggest TV audience of the week saw that go down. That's awesome. Just thought I'd throw that icing on top of the cake for you guys uh, to sum up how this feels. So anyway, the Bears drop it to the uh, to the Lions, 34-17. to 17. As I said in the fourth quarter, knee-jerk reaction, we dropped to 5-7. and seven. The season is pretty much over unless a miracle takes place, and I just don't see that happening uh, at this point. Um, so what do you say we go ahead and wrap this thing up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. So here we are, Bear Up and Bear Down for the Week 13 matchup between the Bears and the Lions and you know I could have a laundry list of names for the bear down segment or the bear down portion uh, of things and um, I'm just not going to do that we don't have that kind of time so just going to kick a thing kick things off here with Mark Tressman bear down to the head coach his play calling was abysmal we for some reason could not figure out how to filter in runs I mean, it can't be that Jay is changing all the runs to passes. It can't be, especially with the way that we were playing in the beginning of the football game where it was all pass, all pass, all pass, and then all of a sudden the Lions were defending the pass really well. Shouldn't we have then switched to the run at that point? We were winning the first quarter. We were in the game in the second quarter. You know, the game wasn't out of reach going into half, going into the second half, uh, and so on, but instead... You know, as you heard me mention in the third quarter, knee-jerk reaction, nine straight passes on that field goal drive uh, before we made it 24-17. to 17. Still a one-score football game, still throwing every single down uh, of it. And, um, you know, also bear down to, to Tressman for, you know, every week his story is exactly the same. Uh, we weren't prepared. We weren't ready. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but it all falls on me. It all falls on me. Well, it's going to fall on your ass being thrown out of the organization at the end of the season with these press conferences. You're giving Phil Emery no choice whatsoever. You're giving him no choice, or at least I hope you are anyway, uh, because I don't want to listen to this again in 2015. I I really don't. Um, But um, anyway, we'll talk about the implications of the Bears needing a new coach if and when it happens. I've actually already had discussions with friends about it and what the Bears would have to do if they have to toss Mark Tressman off their only two seasons, what they would absolutely have to do in order to kind of get past it. But um, anyway, so Tressman, double thumbs down, double bear down for you, week 13. Um, speaking of which, uh, bear down to the run offense. 
Now, granted, you were only given eight opportunities to run the football, but we got eight carries for 13 yards. That's pathetic. Just pathetic. I'll just leave that there. Um, bear down to the secondary. Just, I don't know what those guys are doing out there. You know, is it uh, is it on Mel Tucker for calling those coverages? Do we put it on the safeties because they're they're making the wrong checks, the 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 wrong pre-snap reads, or uh, you know, because Phil Sims talked about it during the game that when the Bears went up there at the line of scrimmage when they when they you know bumped him or checked him at the line of scrimmage when they impeded the the wide receiver's progress in some way at the snap of the football they were able to overwhelm to smother them but instead a lot of what was happening especially when the lions were were moving the football was that these guys are running around the field untouched untouched calvin johnson uh going on a on a on a you know 10 yards uh you know flag route just heading into the middle of the field n- number one once again nobody there in the middle of the field and num and number two Nobody slowing him down to get there. And that was a major problem in the passing game. That's why Matt Stafford nearly threw for 400 yards. Hell, that's why he nearly threw for 300 before halftime and had two touchdown passes uh, to his credit. So it was very, very difficult to watch and to listen to Phil Sims basically saying the Bears know what they need to do. They're just not doing it. Or, or at least I know what the Bears need to be doing. They're just not doing it. They did it early on in the football game, and they had success. I don't know why they got away from it. These are conversations that I have in my head while I'm sitting here watching this stuff go down as well. We were doing this so well early on in the football game. Why do we stop? You know, and, and so on. So it's just, uh, you know, I don't know who to put it on. Do we put it on the secondary because they're not making the, the checks, the reads uh, properly? Is it Mel Tucker putting them in a bad spot? Um, you know what's what what's the story uh bear down to brandon marshall um lots of drop passes the other day a virtual non-factor in a football game where we really needed him uh to step up six catches 42 yards not going to get it done uh from somebody who's supposed to be our leader uh, on the offensive side of the ball and then finally a bear down just the team in general you know i'm sick of this i really am Five and seven, and in a lot of ways, we're lucky to be that good with this record, the way this team has played, the inconsistent uh, level. You know, you guys heard me say um, a a couple of weeks ago uh, against the Vikings that we were incompetently competent or competently incompetent or or whatever. Well, we're consistently inconsistent is what we are uh, this year. We've yet to have that start to finish performance where we played well from start to finish there's been maybe a little bit here maybe a little bit there but for the most part you're scratching your head wondering how this team left the practice field thinking that this was going to get them uh, a victory that's happened way too many times this year from from management and upper management and the people in the front office all the way down to the freaking towel boy uh, on the sidelines bear down to you all Every last one of you. It should you should be ashamed of the performance you put on the field on uh, on Thursday, and, and you get to do it on national TV two more times before we go back to local markets to finish out the year. So really looking forward to those next two national TV games. Um, all right, and just to end the 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 the, the, the show on a positive note, uh, we'll finish up with the bear ups. There are a few of them. Uh, bear up, Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, 
Jeffrey with the two touchdown catches in the first quarter. Martellus Bennett was actually a leading receiver for us. Uh, he had 109 yards receiving uh, in the football game. I don't know when he found the time to do that. But it actually should have been more because he had uh, 23-yard reception stolen from him by Roberto Garza's holding penalty in the second quarter. Uh, bear up to uh, Mark Mariani. Now, if you're wondering who that is, that's our punt returner. Our punt returner slash kick returner who in the 12th game of the season, well, actually he looked pretty good last week against um, uh, Tampa Bay as well. But we we signed this guy off the street. He's a former pro bowler uh, for the Tennessee Titans. And I, it's pretty safe to say we finally found our punt returner uh, for the season uh, anyway. He's looked good. He's made good decisions, was able to get us some yardage and help us out, especially with that first drive at the beginning of the football game. He made a really nice return to get us close to midfield, excellent field position, and that's what you need your punt returner, kick returner to do. I forgot to give him one last week for how he looked against Tampa Bay. Did a decent job and got us in some good spots, made some good decisions on special teams uh, on Thursday, so I wanted to make up for it, give him a bear up today. And then finally, uh, Jared Allen, two sacks uh, on the game, the uh, the sack, fumble, and then the recovery uh, that set up the second touchdown that gave us the 14-3 to lead uh, against the Lions. And uh, he was after it all day. You know, he really was. I mean, you know, not everybody is playing, you know, with their hands in their pockets just waiting for the zeros you know, waiting for the triple zero to hit the board. Some of them are out there giving an effort. Jared Allen is one of those guys. I just feel bad that he's on this team at this point in his career. He deserves better. So anyway, that's going to do it for the week 13 review episode of the Chicago Bears review. We'll be back on, let's say Tuesday. We'll be back on Tuesday with the preview of the Bears and the Cowboys and uh, what we can expect to see on Thursday when they when they crash uh, on Thursday night football, the Bears' second straight national TV uh, appearance. So, um, you know, in a way, I'm looking forward to this game, national TV date against the Cowboys and Soldier Field, you know, see if we can get things going there. And I'm also not looking forward to it because Des Bryant's having an amazing year. Tony Romo's less incompetent than he's been in recent memory. And DeMarco Murray's an absolute beast uh, running the football. Oh, yeah, and they also have Jason Witten as well. So it could get ugly out there in a heartbeat on Thursday. So we'll see how that goes. So, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll be back on Tuesday to preview that football game. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Abuse.